0: Welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Report Podcasts, Episode 1. I am Dr. Thomas Craven, Podcast Editor and cardiologist Registrar. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss a case report by Paul Viscuse, David Bartlett, Thomas Foley and Hector Michelainer. The case report is titled Post-Ischemic Exuberant Left Ventricular Mass, Thrombus vs. Tumor, a case report. Left ventricular intercavity masses are rare, however, left ventricular thrombus is the most common cause and can occur post myocardial infarction. Cardiac myxomas are the most common primary cardiac tumour, with most often occurring in the left atrium, but are rarer still. When presented with a large left ventricular mass, differentiating thrombus from tumour can be difficult, and this case report highlights this challenge. The case report, a 43-year-old Caucasian female with a past medical history of hypertension, smoking, obesity, and substance abuse, including marijuana, crack cocaine and cocaine presented to a regional hospital after waking with vomiting and chest pain. The chest pain radiated to her shoulders and her neck. She was assessed and diagnosed with an ST elevation myocardial infarction, STEMI. The article presents a useful timeline of her management that I will summarize. On presentation, she had an emergency coronary angiogram, which demonstrated 99% stenosis in the left circumflexed artery. She was noted to have a large clot burden and was loaded on corpidogrel and received a thrombectomy and placement of a bare metal stent. On day one, transthoracic echocardiography demonstrated a large mass within the left ventricle as just initiated on IV heparin. On day two, a repeat transthoracic echocardiogram demonstrated a large left ventricular mass measuring 6.2 by 2 centimeters, which was traversing the left ventricular cavity from the lateral wall and extending into the LV outflow tract. Surgical review on this day felt the mass was more likely to be a myxoma than thrombus Underwent surgical resection after a five-day washout of her copy dogwood. On the third day, a cardiac magnetic resonance imaging scan demonstrated an ovoid, 6 by 2 by 1.7 centimeter left ventricular mass. There was an association of the mass with a known infarction, which favored the diagnosis of thrombus. Delayed post-contrast imaging demonstrated mildly increased central signal due to short T1, causing confusion regarding the possibility of being myxoma. On day 6, the precardiopulmonary bypass transesophageal echocardiogram noted severe hypokinesis of the lateral wall with a mobile mass attached to an akinetic portion by a stalk. The patient then underwent surgical resection of the left ventricular mass without any complications. The initial frozen specimens suggested possible myxoma mixed with thrombus, however the final pathology report the following day demonstrated organising thrombus. Prior to discharge, the patient had a negative hypercoagulopathy screen She was discharged from clopidogrel and warfarin, but unfortunately failed to attend follow-up clinic appointments and was thus lost to follow-up. Now I'm going to move on to the discussion. I'll first provide some background on left ventricular thrombus and cardiac myxomas. Left ventricular thrombus most often develop within two weeks of an impact and most commonly located in the apex after an anterior impact and in patients with a reduced left ventricular solid function, often less than 40%. The ESC guidelines recommend six months treatment with oral anticoagulation, although there's a lack of randomized controlled trials to recommend optimal medication between using a NOAC, novel oral anticoagulant, or warfarin. Risk factors for LV thrombus development are reduced ventricular contractility, regional myocardial injury, with patients suffering a STEMI vastly more affected, and finally hypercoagulability. Risk factors for thromboembolism from the LV thrombus, despite anticoagulation, include underlying dilated cardiomyopathy, a previous cerebrovascular accident, the female gender, left ventricular dilatation, protrusion of the thrombus into the left ventricular lumen, and in a pendulous or highly mobile thrombus. Cardiac myxoma is the most common primary cardiac tumour, accounting for around 50%. However, Chromacardic tumours are still very rare, with a prevalence of less than 0.28%. Cardiac myxomas are often benign tumours, with only a few reports of myxomatous materials found from embolisation. 90% of cardiac myxomas occur within the left atrium, and the incidence of myxomas peak between the ages of 40 and 60, with predominance to affect women three times more likely than men. The discussion around this case focuses on the difficulty in differentiating between thrombus and myxoma. To differentiate thrombus from myxoma in this case, one must discuss the factors in favour of each etiology, as this article does well. Factors in favour of thrombus in this case were the large clot burden seen during coronary angiography, the mass development post myocardial infarction and it being associated with an infarcted akinetic region, and the prothrombotic effects of cocaine, which I shall discuss shortly. The factors against thrombus and increasing the concern of a myxoma were the location of the mass in the lateral wall, the size of the mass and its development of such a size just one day post infarct, and the delayed post-contrast cardiac MR images demonstrating a mild increase in signal within the mass, which was deemed to be possibly consistent with myxoma. It is understandable why there was uncertainty over the etiology of the cardiac mass in this case, as the patient's mass was a rare presentation for both cardiac myxoma or thrombus. With the mass occurring in the lateral wall, patient having normal left ventricular function and it developing to such a large size by day one it makes it a rare occurrence for a thrombus. Lateral left ventricular thrombi are rare with this case reports discussion stating occurrences in this location in only around 3% of left ventricular thrombus cases. The patient's age and gender did place her in the most common demographic for cardiac myxoma but left ventricular cardiac myxomas are also rare only accounting for around 3 to 4% of myxomas. The patient's cocaine use in this case is also a factor to take into account. Cocaine is a prothrombotic risk factor, and the article discusses the effects cocaine has on vascular function and blood coagulation, stating, Cocaine causes the release of endothelin 1, which is a potent vasoconstrictor, and associated with a decrease in the production of nitric oxide. Cocaine also promotes the influx of calcium and or release of intracellular calcium, leading to vasoconstriction. The increased constriction can lead to endothelial damage and subsequent increase in fibrinogen and von Willebrand factor, causing platelet aggregation and eventually thrombosis. Additionally, cocaine has been implicated in increasing the activity of plasma plasminogen activator inhibitor, which reduces plasmin activity and fibrinolysis. With the large size of the mass, proximity to the left ventricular outflow tract and stalk connection, understandable concerns of embolization Led to the patient having surgical resection of the mass, and thus, his pathology eventually provided the answer as a likely acute or chronic thrombus. The final pathology revealed a fibrin rich thrombus, consistent with an acute thrombus, with some early organization indicating a small area of likely pre existing neural thrombus. This led the authors to postulate that it was possible the patient may have had a stuttering obstruction of her circumflex which could have created regional wall motion abnormalities prior to the initial presentation, and thus allowing for older thrombus formation with new thrombus formation occurring with the SD elevation myocardial infarction. However, the authors concluded that it was more likely that all thrombus formation occurred acutely around the STEMI, as there was no history of prior symptoms and the patient likely had a hypercoagulable state due to cocaine use. The exact reason for this presentation remains speculative but it did create a very interesting case. In conclusion, this case report highlighted how atypical presentations of LB thrombus can be difficult to differentiate from myxoma, even with multi-imaging modalities used. I feel this case report has highlighted numerous learning points. We've discussed the risk factors for development of left ventricular thrombus, such as being more likely to occur post myocardial infarction and in patients with left ventricular systolic function less than 40%. We've also discussed the risk factors for embolization of a left ventricular thrombus. One example being discussed is it being more likely to occur in a highly mobile or pendulous thrombus. We've also discussed cardiac myxomas, including their prevalence and most common location in the left atrium and discussed the prothrombotic effects of cocaine. Thank you for listening to the European Heart Journal Case Reports podcast. Please visit the European Heart Journal case reports website at academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR to read this case report in full and references used to create this podcast and view other interesting case reports. I hope you will listen to future episodes for more interesting cases. I have been Dr. Thomas Craven and this music is Computer by State Shirt.